Right, what episode is this? This is episode 46 of the Seek Strength Podcast. And what are we talking about today, Owen? Today we're talking about um, mentors and peers. So this is part four of how to, what do you call it, step it up your game or how to up your game? How to up your game. How to up your game. That was a hard one, the title for you, was it? To get yeah. the name of the um, the podcast in, but also the name of the season or the series. Yeah. Part, this is part four of five. Uh, next week is mindset, and that's arguably the most important, I suppose, because you could say... It influences all the others, but this week, mentors and peers, is probably the next most important one, and it's yeah. it's it's likely it's the most influential one, and it's kind of a symbiotic relationship too with your mindset. So these will massively influence how you'll think as well. So it, these two are very interconnected, and these these will massively influence what your first three were. So we had nutrition as number one, programming, and the number one environment. Yeah. So the environment is kind of. Um, I don't want to say the least important, but it can be the most overcome is probably the better way to say that. So, like, it's you, you can overcome your environment, but it's harder to overcome new, poor nutrition. It's hard to overcome shit programming. Uh, but if you have great peers and good mentors and a good mindset, you can overcome an awful lot. Yeah. So in terms of mind, like mentors and peers, what, uh, what comes to mind first for you? I suppose, like, defen- defining... The difference between a mentor and a peer. Yeah. Well, I suppose mentor is someone who teaches you. Who's like, it might be in an official capacity. He might be, it's a very clear hierarchy. Like it's your coach or your team manager or your sports manager or whatever. Or when your peers are your buddies or your teammates. The lads. They may not be your buddies too though. No, they mightn't be your buddies at all. So They might actively not be your buddies. Like the assumption I suppose we're making is that the mentors and peers are positive but obviously there's some scenarios <laughs> where it could be very very negative yeah like I suppose let's start with some um, give me an example of a very positive mentor you've had so suppose I've had some very good coaches in the past uh, so I think in terms of mentors uh, a lot are like a few rugby coaches in particular would be very very strong mentors for me uh, just in terms of like how I used to play and train when I was a rugby player but more so now how I kind of go about training uh, and just go about like sport in general now. Uh, like I suppose the reason for me going into sports science and changing over from uh, engineering was like in a very strong part due to one mentor, Joe. Oh, uh, go on. So like... Is that Massey, is it? No, no. <laughs> Do Massey listen to the podcast? I doubt it. it. It'd be hilarious to think he did. Uh, but no, like Joe... And that wasn't, like, that wasn't even in a coaching role. That was just more of a, like, an older player role. Uh, And then, like, there's so many more, like, I think that's why I wanted to start off with defining mentors and role models is because there's, it's such a vast spectrum, like, Joe. It might be someone like an aunt or an uncle who used to play the sport before you or used to play sport at, like, a higher level or a lower level than you it might be somebody who's like actively your coach who's like highly invested in mentoring you and, and educating you uh, or it could just be somebody that you follow on the internet and you see them as like kind of a mentor you know you might bounce questions off them every so often uh, you might read the content they put out uh, so there is like there's a huge just in terms of mentors there's a huge kind of array of people who can help you out uh and then it's the same for peers as well like peers can be like 
your brother and sister who are in the same house as you and you see how they deal with sports like we're obviously talking about peers in sport yeah then it can be people on your team or people in your gym or people in your club and then it could be the people you're playing against competing against training against uh and then again i suppose like the people on the internet who you're looking at being like holy shit that person is two years younger than me or 10 kilos lighter body weight and they're doing x numbers or x results do you think you'd be in a different position now if you had a different mentor, if oh. you did a less good quality one or a less influential one? I definitely think so, yeah. Like, when you look at... Uh, so, like, people playing sport, a lot of the time it doesn't have, like, a huge effect on them, Joe. They'll play football or they'll play rugby or whatever, uh, and they'll, like, they'll stop playing when they're 20, 25, 30, 35 or whatever, and they... It doesn't really affect their professional life or it might affect their professional life or it might kind of just be like a pastime for them. But if you talk like I took like five and a half years of university time, uh, like dedicated towards sport and exercise science and sports psychology. So I think if I had had different mentors when I was playing sport, I wouldn't have been as interested in that kind of area I definitely wouldn't have been as kind of invested in that area and then I definitely wouldn't have gone on to study that um, and go on to like work in sport afterwards do you know very often you see it, the mentors are always the one the influential ones the ones people who kind of recount or talk about is they're it's very rarely the they're, they're the, that they're the best at least you know they may have been the best athlete, but at the time, it's very often at a developmental stages when you see people talk about mentors being really important. So it's, yeah. right, it's it's not often, and obviously it makes sense, I suppose, when you're the most malleable, like you're most open to new ideas and you're less grounded in what you think is the way things are. Like it's always, as you say, when you're younger playing rugby or whatever. Like when I started weightlifting, I would have been very lucky when I got to UL, I just happened to end up in the place with, where I could have at the time was the best possible mentors and peers really I got very lucky with the coach I got but also the people I could train with you know they were they've influenced me and, and you obviously to an extent yeah. in, in weightlifting and just in general in terms of general training like of you know very practical um, you just have to train hard as possible uh, nothing's really given to you and like none of these none of these aspects we're ever talking about overtly you know they're in the most Irish way possible like they were definitely not mentioned overtly no like, they like were if you look at a lot of those things it would be like Joe like there was no it's, game of, it's a lot of having the crack but it's borderline bullying as well like Joe <laughs> like there's it's no like, if you don't show up to training it's like where the fuck have you been or yeah. it's like oh how's it going what's your name I haven't seen you in three weeks yeah like there's no game of inches speeches you know oh, it Jesus, was um, no. it was just trained very hard like the expectation was of you that it was trained very hard and you know in weightlifting when you get into it there's a very unique scenario is that um you are at some point you well maybe now for different people it's different but when I started it was um you, like my aspirations were high like international teams and you at some point you had to learn that um doping was a heavy heavily involved in weightlifting you know and it's not something you'd be really aware of until you get invested in it and um but there's ways of bringing someone into that and aware of letting them know whereas you can let them like they you can either be in a introduced to it in a way that you learn that it's a thing and you just have to get the fuck over it and you keep training and it's irrelevant to you yeah. and you've got to do your best 
or you can become kind of a sore loser, which is, you know, unfortunately, um, something that a lot of athletes do have. I in think, yeah. Eddie. And it is like, and it, I think it is for me, it's like, it's important to note that like, I never bothered me. Like, and I've talked about it before. Yeah. Like, you just have to get the fuck over it. Like, it's not something you can change. Yeah. Like, there's so many things you can complain about, like that, that I, you have no I control think, over. I think like having like a culture of like, open discourse is so important as well you know yeah if like so if you went to Kyle first day and was like oh I want to snatch 210 kilos mm-hmm. and Kyle was like oh yeah buddy you keep training hard and you'll get there someday yeah Joe went like that might be grand to say that in the first two or three years like when you're still learning how to weightlift yeah if, if Kyle had said that to you after four or five years of lifting mm-hmm. and you're like fuck's sake like this isn't it Joe yeah it doesn't like somebody just finding that out and then being able to make the decision that they're still going to train clean and still going to compete clean is so fucking important yeah. rather than it being like them thinking they're doing the same as everybody else it's interesting because it was intu- like it was like I would have learned about it in a way that it's the thing a lot of countries do it you'll be up against it but neither was it a case of um, an encouragement you know yeah 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 like there is it's um, it was interesting like the how it, how it panned out you know um, it's obviously still influences the way I view it now. Uh, yeah, like it's when you really think about mentors and peers, and everyone can think about this personally if they've been involved in sport for a long time. Like everyone will have someone who they're like, "Oh yeah, that makes massive sense. That's why I am, yeah, the way I am now or the way I train." Like I said to um, Fitz before that, like when we were training, if we had a better understanding of the train, we would have had way less fun, <laughs> way yeah. less injuries too, obviously. Like, but. And so, like, looking back at it now, you were like, oh, if I, if I had everything perfect, if all my training was optimal, uh, you had all the knowledge you had now in a 17-year-old girl's head, mm-hmm. you'd be like, oh, I'd be so much better now. But you mightn't even be lifting now. Joe, you know, like, a yeah, lot of the yeah. reason you're lifting now is because you had fun when you started. Yeah. You enjoyed the training you did and the people you trained with. And that's as important as anything else. Well, well there was never fun. It was obviously training really hard all the time as hard yeah. as possibly can, like. Yeah. That's um, that's the real fun. Though. That is a real fun. <laughs> You'd wonder. I would very likely say that if I if we knew more, obviously. So if you were saying I had the information I had in my head now when I was seventeen, yeah. very likely it would not have been in any way as knowledgeable as um as a like a coach or whatever you want to call it or yeah or whatever we are. What are we? I have no idea what we are at this stage. Fuad calls me a couch, <laughs> and he sometimes sends couch emojis. So uh, two couches, like yeah, yeah, like lessons learned the hard way is something you say the odd time, you know. And it's it is like the best way to learn things is from huge, huge crippling mistakes that take you out of weightlifting for several weeks at a time, you know. And then you're like, oh, I won't do that again, or you don't learn from that and you do it again in the same year. Yeah, like twice in one year. We're just talking the other night. I hang snatched one forty and like after four years of weightlifting or something, and it like murdered my shoulder <laughs> for six weeks, and then. I did no sorry so first time was a block snatch at 140 low blocks at 140 yeah and then it destroyed my shoulder and then I did a hang snatch at 140 again like four months later and it fucking yeah. wrecked my shoulder again like uh, you just don't <laughs> learn do you sometimes <laughs> but uh, like, like that's most of the fun yeah so I think like you were talking about it earlier being like a developmental mentor or like when you're developing as an athlete or as a person that mentors have more of an effect and that's definitely true. I think a kind of unique position in now is, or we are in now, is that we have a lot of, like, the U.S., like, the onset of athleticism in adulthood, like, mm-hmm. Joe. Uh, 
so they don't like a mentor for them is going to be completely different. So if they're going, if they're uh, thirty eight or forty, and they're going to a CrossFit gym, and it's some like. 24 year old guy there and they're like yeah let's fucking hit it we'll hit two metcons a day every day and like you know it's like it's not really they can't see themselves in that person a lot like there's not a lot of of uh parallels they can draw like they can't really interact with that person too well because that person doesn't have a job that makes them sit down for eight hours a day and yeah. like joe it's it's very different uh and i think a lot of the time you see the the athletes who are coming at sport later saying like oh I don't really don't really have any mentors and I don't really have any peers you know I just tip away on my own yeah. but then you're like no everybody who surrounds you in the gym is like an active peer for you like Joe, yeah. everybody like every single person you interact with when you partake in your sport so it might be uh, the other crossfitters who are at that gym who are doing the filthy 150 competition or it might be uh the other people who are in your running club or whatever it is, like they're all peers and, and people don't often think about them as having an influence on their, like their kind of psyche or their attitude in general, but they're hugely important. Uh, and then I think for the people who are self-coached, especially in that, in that kind of arena, like they, they never really see themselves as having mentors, whereas they should probably be actively seeking out some mentors uh, and getting some like good advice or like just kind of seeing how they engage with their training and then getting after it. I think we've been fairly lucky in terms of the mentors we've been able to interact with in the last few years. You know, like, if you take, like, Martin Zawager from Germany, we got a little bit of experience from him. Um, obviously, Gabriel was a, is a huge one and still is uh, on my own training personally, like how I'd approach things. But, of course, then you'd never want to make the mistake of doing everything your mentor says and I'm not adapting to you personally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you don't ever want to take everything they say as gospel, you know, and a, a good mentor would obviously would never expect you to do that. And then obviously we were lucky enough to get some time with um, Miso Asana's father, Ibrahim, and uh, how they run things and like you see how much of a mentor Ibrahim is to Miso. Yeah. It's um, th- like that's a, that's a very closely glued relationship there. Like yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. Like the absolute, you know, the trust you must place in a mentor is is if you want to be the greatest, you know. So like you're talking about there, like so you're, let's say, 17-year-old girl with big aspirations for bigger lifts. The relationship you have with your coach as opposed to you coming in as a new answer to the class is totally different, you know. I needed to be bullied to be made better, you know. You need to be molded. Yeah. In some ways, you need to be ma- you need to be toughened up a little bit. Whereas just like Timmy coming into the gym and he just wants to do a competition, like you you cannot bully those really, like, you know, because his aspirations are different, you know, and like his foundation is going to be so different that like it, it takes yeah. being a good mentor is a, an unbelievable skill, you know. Yeah. Some people obviously have it very naturally and then other people are are not so great at it, really. Yeah. Like I think some we talk about like bullying sounds like the wrong word, right? But like sometimes, only sometimes if someone texts you and is like, oh, oh yeah, it's not them that they're being lazy, right? Because it's not like, oh, they don't want to train again. But it might be like, oh, I, I was supposed to do five by five and a hundred, but I did uh, two sets of five at one ten instead, and I'm I'm really beat up now. Like, do you know, those like, as a mentor, you have to be like, you understand that's fucking stupid. Yeah. And like we always say, like that if it's for the crack, it's grand. But like, mm-hmm. you have to just. There's a difference between bullying and being like, 
stern enough that the person understands the mistake they've made. <laughs> a lot of time, good mentors will have um, a not an aura about them, but more of a, a commanding aspect. Like they introduce an atmosphere when charisma. they're charisma. Charisma, yeah, it's probably yeah. the best word there. Like when they're in the gym, like it's very clear who the the hierarchy is. You know, yeah. And, and def- like definitely, if you look at mentors I've had in the past, yeah, they're people who have like, and it's in different ways. You know, it's not somebody who. It's not necessarily the person who walks into a room and everybody goes quiet and mm-hmm. and like every word they say is perfect. You know, a lot of the time it could be like the quiet person who only says five words every so often, mm-hmm. but you like glue onto every single word they have. Like, well, that would be me so sorta, really. Yeah, definitely. The important, I suppose, in that regard, is you just need to submit yourself to the mentor in some ways, yeah. like to their. If they're guiding you, like you have to let them guide you. Yeah. Like so, if you think about a lot of people listening now, if you think about who your coach is, and very, very a lot of people will have a coach. Like, think about: Do you really like? Are you listening to what your coach says? Are you taking to heart what they are saying and telling you to do? Like, are you thinking? Sure, he just has to tell me because that's his job. Like, yeah. you know, but he doesn't really know, or I don't really trust him. Like, it, like, consider your situation and. Are you buying into what he's telling you? Because that is so important. Like what he may be telling you may be borderline wrong, but if you wholeheartedly believe in what he's telling you, yeah, it's very likely you'll make as much progress as if you believe, like as someone you don't really care about, but tells you the perfect thing. Yeah, because you need like some kind of like fiery brimstone kind of belief. And like Martin used to, or he said it a few times that like it doesn't matter what's in the program, you need to follow it like religion. Yeah, and like if you were to fully commit and trust a mentor or whatever it is like that you have to commit to that like it's a religion yeah and like it's don't you as you said earlier you don't follow them around and copy every single thing they do but if they say something you have to be willing to just be like okay yeah i'm gonna try it and do it like when gabriel coached me for what 10 months was it like yeah. just about a year was it i think it was nearly a year yeah. um obviously massively influenced how i train really really influenced the direction I end up at the moment um, but I suppose that was an evolution as much as um, a radical 180 like he facilitated yeah. a, a further along the journey um, like there was times where I've talked about with Fitz obviously that I was like oh I don't know if I could do with some different exercise selection and then Gabriel would have no interest in that and but then I always finished the conversation with but if he has his reasons so I'll just trust yeah, him yeah 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 and I did mean that I wasn't saying that just for the sake of it like I, I meant like if, if he doesn't yeah. think that's going to work then they're like then okay that's fair enough yeah and like that's that's it like yeah. I, I just don't think like I don't see the point in someone like let someone say someone buys our program you know and they're like oh I don't know about this like or whatever you know like this isn't really go like, on Garf, give a specific example I can't think of a specific <laughs> example right now can you think of one uh like let's say the assistant exercise in the road to yeah. the program, right? So Dara's mentioned this before recently in one of our podcasts is um you buy the road to anywhere squat program eight weeks and you want to get after it. Like it's a it's a tough program. And you see all the squats and you're like, Jesus, this is gonna be rough, but the lad like I can do this. Like you know, a lot of people obviously like there's a couple hundred people done the program now and I'm gonna fucking I'm gonna do it, you know? And then you see the assistance exercises and you're like, Oh, I don't need to do those, do I? Like, they're not that important. Like, the lads probably just put them in there just to give a bit of extra fluff to the program. Oh, my God. But little do the lads know, that's like, you know, those, you know, you have a really wobbly chair and you stick a little bit of cardboard under it and suddenly yeah. the chair is really stable. Yeah. That is, that cardboard by itself is not a table, right? And that table by itself is not a table. No, but when you add the two of them together, yeah. they're very symbiotic and it's very important. So I think a lot of people do believe in us and I think people 
who listen to podcasts and buy a program end up getting a lot more out of it and trusting that weird I like I know a lot of times people not a lot of times but people do so like we we try not to just sell programs obviously we're like we're selling um we're selling us as a product as well like we're here to help you you know and you can tell sometimes when someone wholeheartedly believes what we're saying and they trust us and then when they when they ask for advice or ask for feedback and you give it to them you can tell by the response that you can kind of tell that they they're buying what you're saying yeah and they're going to go get after it and do or what you say like okay boomer <laughs> <laughs> like they're like you don't know what's best you know and ultimately because the nature of our, our, our kind of product you know we it's up to you to buy into what we're saying, you know? Yeah. Like, it's up to you to trust us. Like, we will always give you the advice that we think is the best advice for you. But if you don't trust us, you're not going to get as much out of the program, you know? Yeah. And like, it is important. Like, that's in a very specific example to us, you know, that, like, you you really need to buy into what we're saying and what the program says. Like, nothing in our programs will be there for no reason. Yeah. Like, we, uh, the mentorship we're giving you is, um, is a uniquely modern one. Yeah. There's limited interaction in some ways. Like, like it's the exact opposite of what Miso and his father, his father would have, you know. Yeah. But then they can be no less productive in some regards. Yeah, I think. So, pivot off that a small bit. If you look at like pivot, pivot. Uh, so when you're talking about like, if you look at the peers we have, right? Yeah. And you look at great peers. Yeah, well, phenomenal peers. The best. But if you look at like, when you train with Clarence, mm-hmm. like. I'm obviously not doing the same session as Clarence. Nowhere near it. Yeah. Like, doesn't exercises aren't the same. Mm-hmm. Sets, reps aren't the same. Weight fucking definitely isn't the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can glean a huge amount from somebody who's at that level when you just look at, like, the intensity or lack thereof or sheer amount they bring to a session. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, like, the amount of time they spend on things, the, uh, like the intricacies they go into with their like technique or whatever and they're just listening to how they'll speak about training or they'll speak about lifts or whatever it doesn't matter if you're not following that like you mightn't even be doing the same sport like if you're training as a powerlifter and you're training next to you as a weightlifter like you can still glean a huge amount from a peer that's just a good athlete do you know what you make me think of go on Ashraf remember when he came yeah, in yeah 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 so if you listened to our podcast last year when we were in Qatar there's a thrower, Ashraf, and he's actually going to the Olympics now. Uh, he's a thrower for Qatar. He's originally Egyptian. And he came into the gym, and obviously he's just a like, gorilla of a man, you know? You can tell, like, he, he's a, he's very athletic. You could tell, like, he's just a, he's he's like, he's fucking... The neat. way I described Thick. it was, if that man walked into any sports, like a changing room for a sports team in the world, they'd yeah. be like, yep, we'll pick him. That wasn't soccer. <laughs> like, he would be Even if it was soccer, they'd be like, yep, he'll do. So, like, he, he came in, he came in with a load of food one night and then he didn't train. He said hello, incredibly friendly. Um, he had the confidence of a good athlete, you know? Yeah. Just a, a, like a, a, the bearing of someone who knows they're good at something and they're masterful of a physical craft. Like, you know, that's someone, yeah. there's, it can't be taught, I suppose. And then the next night he came back and he came back with his brother, his younger brother, and they were doing training and like the intensity which he did every single exercise was put me to shame, put Clarence to shame. Uh, the only one I've seen like put me so to shame to be honest like yeah. the, like the intensity which he brought to every single so he started off with his um, back squats like the the intensity he was doing in his back squats and I'm not talking about just as in the power he, the speed he was trying to do them and like, it was the mental focus he was I like I Griff talks about like there's no loud music 
there's no shouting. No. Like it might have been one person go like mash. Yeah. But like no shouting. No, no. No grunt. Like there's. Yeah. It's like serene, extreme intensity. And like, <laughs> it, like he knew his sit-ups were important. And so he got down on the floor and he did his sit-ups like there was not like there was nothing else in the world right now but for he him he was assaulting the floor these sit-ups were what the reason he was going to win gold in tokyo like that it was how he approached everything you know yeah and like i've no shame in saying i i don't do that enough in training you know like the yeah. intense like so if you're in an environment like that so he trains at miso i would say in no part that ibrahim knows very well that it's good for miso yeah like the like i, I wish we had videoed some of that session of him because if we ever get a chance, I'm going to video Ashraf training because I think he's number one in the athlete I've ever seen bring that much intensity. Clarence brings some very, 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 on some heavy sessions, for example, will bring some crazy strong intensity. Yeah. And you can see a little bit in Gabriel, but Clarence doesn't approach every session like that, you know. No, whereas this was just a normal midweek S&C session for a thrower. And he was like, I can only imagine the intensity which he brings throwing. Yeah. And so having a peer like that while you're training with them is not only motivating, but it's also holding you accountable and letting you know you're a little bitch, like, yeah, you know, which is very important, I think. Hugely important. So like when we say bullying, we don't mean like someone's taking your shoes and putting nails in them, you know, we mean someone's like letting you know. They're psychologically breaking you down. Like when, you, like as a good peer, like they'll let you know if you're being a little bitch, you know. Yeah. But while also they're not negatively impacting you, like if you're very injured and they're still pushing you. Yeah. A good peer will let you know, or as well as a good mentor, of course, will be like, you need to stop like what you're doing, like let it go, like or end the session there. You don't need to clean jerk for another two hours, you know? Yeah. Whereas what also when you're being a little like a wee bitch, a good mentor, especially a good peer, like a mentor will kind of sometimes will leave it up to you in some ways, but a good peer will be like, what are you doing like yeah you know and that, and that is just as important and that's a, play, a good peer's place as well you know more so than both of them have their place in encouraging you or, or pushing you even encouraging yeah. is probably too weak a word yeah like I, and I think there's both pushing and pulling mm -hmm. so like if you're oh we take the rugby example right if you're uh, back row and you're uh, the flanker on the opposite side isn't fucking isn't hitting rocks or isn't like their work rate isn't high enough you can push them and be like, get your fucking head out of your ass. Yeah. Like, you want to be on the team, you have to fucking do whatever. Or else you can pull them. And you can pull them by literally hitting every single rock and seeing to be hit, like, be seen to be hitting every single rock. Yeah. And, like, pass them out as they're fucking jogging to a rock. Do you know, like, there's... Yeah. There's very, very different ways of achieving the same results. And I think with peers you have in weightlifting, it's, it's very different because... In a field sport, you're on a team, you're training, competing together to achieve the same goal. If you're on a fucking weightlifting team, and I'm doing that in like inverted commas, yeah. or like squad, uh, you're not really... It's, it's an individual sport, you know, and even though you might train together and compete together or whatever, uh, and you might be like competing to win a, a team thing like Celtic Nations, you're still it's still all up to you and it's very, very hard to then kind of pull somebody along. So I think in weightlifting where we could be like, we could be lacking a small bit with the kind of intentions with which we bring to like being a good peer. Because I think, yeah. and I think in CrossFit and powerlifting too, you know, like a lot of the time you're going to be like, oh Jesus, do you ever just do your fucking, uh, like 
conditioning or would you ever just do your yeah. accessory work? Yeah, yeah. Rather yeah. than being like, come on, let's go and do 15 minutes of, of planks. Do you know who you do actually see very good peer mentorship or good peer kind of um, collaboration or is in Asian weight of the environments, they seem a lot more... Really? Like you see, like when the Chinese are training, everyone shouts a little bit. Yeah, they just make yeah, incoherent yeah. roars, you know, to yeah. encourage them. Ah! And like people will stop and watch. Whereas like if you look at a lot of like Eastern European videos, you'll see like of big lifts. Like oftentimes the lads aren't even looking at them. Like no. they're just walking around the training hall. And I wonder then, is that kind of a macho thing that they're like, I don't even care what you're lifting? Or is it they just truly don't give a shit? Yeah. And it's, uh, it could be a bit of both, obviously, depending on the person. Yeah. But you do see, like, with Asian environments, like... That video, I'm almost sure that video where uh, clock off snatches 205. No one cares. Nobody gives a fuck. Nobody gives a There's fuck. There's, like, a few young lads sitting on the bench. They, yeah. like, pan across, and it's just, like, they're kind of looking up, and, like, I think clock off's shouting a bit, and then he makes it, and... One, there's one or two shouts like Joe Chingitz Chingitz is in the background and he's kind of laughing after he walks yeah, over he's yeah, like yeah. that was a heavy lift wasn't it yeah you know like and I wonder is that also part at the part and parcel of just getting used to seeing people lift heavy like yeah. a lot of times like obviously after like seven, seven and a half odd years of training at Clarence like with, yeah. you know when he's clean jerking 200 I don't really care <laughs> that much anymore but um, but obviously when Clarence is going for a heavy lift like we pay attention and yeah. Clarence vice versa you know yeah like when we do see like if you watch any of the, like the Japanese lifts everybody's watching like there's real respect yeah. like there is significance no matter who like there's a club there I follow and the one Toshiki trains in it's like NSW club or something if you want to look for it but like when someone's going for like a 150 back squat like you'll see some of the videos like people are like watching yeah. they're paying attention um, I think that's important too I think it's give it the significance it is because it can yeah. make feel it make you feel like your 150 back squat isn't that important you know yeah when it is on your journey to wherever you're going. Oh, and like 150 for you is just as hard as fucking 300 for someone else like Joe. Yeah. Uh, I think the kind of difficulty there is, so if you're dealing with people who aren't really highly invested athletes, mm-hmm. if you're dealing with people who are just kind of just getting into training again or they're coming to the gym and you might have in the same group of people training, you might have three people who are highly invested athletes, five people who are kind of like they really like doing whatever it is like CrossFit uh, and then you might have two or three who are kind of just starting off mm-hmm. and I think then trying to find that like as the coach then trying to be that mentor for one person you're going to have to be like shut the fuck up and do your squats Yeah. for another person you're going to be ha- like come on you fucking made this weight two weeks ago you can make this today you know for another person then you're going to have to be like just don't look at them don't look at them. Make sure they're moving okay. Yeah. They don't want you to talk to them. They're in the corner. They're happy enough doing what they're doing. Like, it's very kind of hard to get that mix right if you're not training a team or coaching a team that are all on the same level. CrossFit would be kind of, um, in terms of peer accountability, they take it to a new level. Jesus Christ, yeah. Sometimes I wonder, is it a bit bitchy though? Oh, you're still going? I'll walk down and watch you. There's a little bit of that. Don't tell ah, me the reasons. There's uh, definitely a little bit. When the elites I walk think, down, do you know when someone, Sally can't get a handstand push-up, you know? And everyone's like, come on, Sally, you can do she's it. She's using up the rest of the 14-minute cap. Yeah, like in, you were already going to the CrossFit Games, you know, there's a, just don't tell me. But I think, a little bit. I think there's a lot of sincerity in that a lot of the time, though. All right. I think I genuinely think <laughs> ah, there, there is. is, yeah. You know, because I think it's, don't shake your head like that. Yeah. They can hear you on the microphone. Uh, I think because if you think nah, about it, we're just assholes. We assume <laughs> else is. 
if you think about CrossFit is like it's a very 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 unique situation where they're all doing a workout that's similar enough mm. and the pain level is probably similar enough for yeah. everybody you know and like you've got beginners doing like fucking kettlebell thrusters with four kilo kettlebells and ring rows and then you've got somebody doing like heavy fran or something at the same time you know yeah. uh, so I think <sighs> there's definitely a bit of itchiness when they're like yeah come on Karen let's fucking see it yeah, yeah, yeah. great work you know, the but, thing is, like, there's, there's a lot of like actual like, geez, that hurt a lot, didn't it? And you know, amazing though, when like someone misses a really heavy lift, like oftentimes the dispassion in the teammates' eyes, like, will be just like, or even the coach's eyes will be like, mm. yeah, <laughs> like turn around, like, and gone, you know, like, whereas in like in CrossFit, like, it's like, oh man, that was so close, you can definitely get that again, you know, yeah, yeah, it's interesting, like, in um, in yeah, like with William, first time he ever snatched 100 kilos, yeah. Paddy, who was coaching him, uh, William had missed 100 kilos like twice or something and Paddy had just walked away and was chatting to people at the other end of the gym. It was that, like a lifting league thing mm-hmm. and William missed it like another three or four times but then he made it and he was like, barely made it now like holding the bear, shaking like his whole body was vibrating <laughs> and he's like, Paddy! Paddy! And Paddy's fucking down chatting 50 yards away to somebody on like six platforms away and uh, and then he walks up five minutes later and was like, are you shouting at me here? <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's not such a kilos. William, like, is the happiest he's been in 17 years. Like, yeah. oh, I just that such a kilos. Like, don't be shouting at me there, lol. <laughs> I'm sure he said don't ever do that ever again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't ever fucking do that again. Um, that but, was hilarious. But I suppose in there's kind of um, a a little lesson too and though in the kind of dispassion when someone misses like it's important not to make the event a huge thing it's not to make it like a new like don't make it neurotic like that you missed that lift it's like oh this is weightlifting that happens yeah go get her tiger Pitter patter let's get at her like <laughs> um, alright how would you be a good mentor a good and mentor and then I'll talk about how I'd be a good peer okay. or do you want to swap uh, we'll do a bit of both of each here a bit of both a bit of both but a good mentor Kind of depends on your personality too, like, because you can't be someone you're not, you know. you I'm not going to be someone who's really positive and upbeat, you know. Yeah. Like one of the lads I coached one-to-one said he's scared of weights before a session, you know, and he's like, is there anything you can do? And uh, Dave, if you're listening, I'm sorry, but stop being a bitch. Like he, I said to him, I was like, you don't hear my answer. I'll get there to send you something. Because I guess it's not in me and it would not be sincere. Like that's, I don't yeah. believe like... Uh, it, for different people, obviously, there's you have different approaches, of course. Yeah. Like, like no man is a fucking totally an island or whatever. Like, so you gotta like give people a little bit more push and shove. And it would be harder on some people than others. Like with Fuad, it would be a lot harder on him than lads, you know, because like he's younger and he, like, yeah, he has places and he said he wants to go. Yeah. So with like Dave, I would have just said, I like it's not. It's I a love, non-runner, like what? I love the way you're changing people's names to uh, protect the anonymity. Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> Um, like it's like for me like that's a non-runner like that is not important you're placing too much emphasis on an event that is unimportant like these are easy squats for you let's say yeah. like these are so far below your max there's literally no point even like making it an event like about how you should deal with that is putting too much importance on them yeah, like, like yeah. you're putting too much emphasis on this in terms of like you kind of like, I feel like you have to look at the people in some regards my take usually would be Oftentimes the people I'm dealing with you see aren't um, who as, you know. Yeah. A lot of times they're people who want to be good, so 
you have a lot of times people who encounter with Sika like are for almost always people who want to be yeah good they want to be good regardless of what good means to anyone you know so they want to push themselves we're so just going to mention one point here go on when Gurf says the people he coaches one to one yeah Gurf isn't available for one to one coaching oh sorry yes that's true <laughs> that is very true sorry I only have like time for like four four, four people um we, I've thought about recently again on and off, but I don't think I have any time to. Yeah. Not with how much time Sika takes up, you know. And like obviously, this is there's as much a favorite to friends as as like a. Yeah, yeah. Like the, uh, like, maybe sometime in the future, maybe sometime next year, myself and Dara will do one to one. But it, like just as a random tangent, I would run it like the the weightlifting programs, all our programs, we can help a lot more people. 85% of the way than we would if we're doing one to one yeah like the mass good we can do is a lot better than the the minor the greater good the greater good <laughs> like the the sum of the parts like the the rising or was the rising tide lifts all boats you know like yeah. we can help lift all the boats a little bit more rather than one or two boats a lot you know yeah but um where was I going to that oh yeah so just individuals I think for me or for anyone listening I think you have to deal with people as individuals and like know where they're coming from and know where they want to go and like you have to push them accordingly or like Tara was saying you have to pull them back accordingly so oftentimes I spend um, I'd say it's, it's kind of half and half you gotta like you have to understand how athletes operate you know and very often people want to do more and they think they need more than they do especially wasters like they think they need more squatting that's yeah. probably a big one like more squats like heavier squats you know when very often it's not the case you know No. if, if ever really they never think they need more bottoms up kettlebell press no one ever says you know I need to do, I need to be able to do Cossack squats with 32 kilos. No one's ever like, no one's oh, ever said that sentence. I just need more, like just a bit more aerobic fitness. You know, I should probably do more 10 minute walks every day. I'd like to get up How to How many that. messages do you get about that a week? Or what? How many messages do you get about people being like, I just need to get more sleep, you know, I'm just going to try my hardest to get more sleep. No, like no one's ever asked me. So I was like, should I squat every day? <laughs> no one's ever gotten like, how do I get from, a five kilo like a small five kilo plate on depth jumps to a 10 kilo plate or no one's ever gone how do I add 10 kilos to my cossack squat or how do I get a better overhead lunge no one ever asked me those things you know no. and you know what they should be asking <laughs> they should be asking those things <laughs> we get some great questions for secret Q&A's though yeah we do every week's getting better I think um, right what would you be a good mentor probably along the similar lines I'd yeah say. very much so Joe you know, when you're talking about like uh seeing what the actual person reacts to. So, like, you need to realise what kind of a person you are and if you're, like, look at it, if you're a fucking extrovert and you mm. are, like, good and loud and you can con control a group or control a room, then you're probably not the person who's going to be like, look, just come away in here, we'll have a chat there for a sec. I would just say... You no, know, it, it's like, it's the exact same yeah. as the, the quiet person being like, okay, class, let's go. I would just say about the lads I have for one-to-one, -one, the very small group is, like... If they're not able for the way I coach them at this stage, they'd be gone, you know, and I've had them yeah, for yeah. like a couple of years now. Like, so in terms of those, like they, they know what they're getting and they know what I, like I'll be giving them, you know, yeah. and they like, but they do trust me wholeheartedly. Like, so there is, they know I have their best interest for everything, you know, in terms of like, like I think what they're doing, like is what will suit them best, you know? Yeah. So sometimes they ask questions, but they'll know what they're getting to. Like they know when they ask me like that, if I'm afraid of a weight, like I'm not going to be like, well, yeah, we'll come in there now. We'll sit down and we'll think about how you can make this yeah. better for you. You know? Uh, but like, besides the point of like trying to realize what kind of person or not, like you obviously know what kind of person you are and kind of dealing with your, your own mentorship in that way, you have to realize what 
the person you're mentoring, like how they react. Uh, and it might be a thing that it mightn't always be the thing they react best or the thing they like the most that would be the most effective. If mm-hmm. you get what I mean, like it, uh, if you have an athlete who's like 23 or 24 is like definitely an adult and definitely has been training for a while and they love it when everybody gets really amped up and starts roaring in the gym, you know, like, and that's, they might achieve great results doing that now, but you feel, geez, if they were just a bit more fucking like small little bit of like, what is it about that deep current runs strong or something? So the waters run deep? Whatever, like if they were, if they could tone that back a small bit and you thought that might be a bit more effective, I think that would definitely be true. Then on the other side of that scale, you'd have somebody who's maybe really quiet and never brings a certain level of intensity and they like that because nobody's making noise and nobody's looking at me. And you think, do you know what now, if fucking Sean over in the corner there got a bit of a kick up the hole, mm-hmm. uh, I think it would make his max deadlift a lot stronger. Uh, so I think like looking not only at yourself and what kind of person you are to be a good mentor, but also looking at the people you're mentoring and trying to figure out like what's best for them, not just what they think they want most now, mm-hmm. uh, but like what they'll what in the long run is the best for them. On a kind of a tangent there with the mentors, for any mentors listening, if you're programming for people, you should like the way I kind of think about programming right is if someone picked a random thing around the week or whatever, and they picked this week. And they asked me to justify why I'm giving them that. You should always be able to give them a good reason. Always. So you should always be able to like be like, oh, fucking, I'm giving Dara this this week because he needs to do this, because I think he needs to do this because of this reason. You should never be like, oh, well, I suppose he probably just, like, it's just like most weightlifters have squats in the program or most rugby yeah. players like to do like high bar or like do like do bar squats. So I just put them in just because, you know, it's the trend, you know. And look for yourself. There's yeah. nothing, nothing like nothing makes you more satisfied in the world than when someone's like oh I saw there that you put uh, this in my program I thought we weren't doing that now and then you send back eight minutes of a voice message saying Mm -hmm. why they need to do that and then they're just like okay thanks yeah Joe shut it down like like, hmm yeah you gotta shut them down fast you know (laughs) Like you should always be able to justify like that why why someone is doing what they're doing, and you may not have uh, prior evidence, but you should have a great reason. Like you should be like, I'm hoping this will fix this. Yeah, but if you're just putting in for no reason, and like this is not just for weightlifting, this is for anyone mentoring anyone in, in any kind of aspect of training. Like you should always have good reason for what they're doing. Don't waste their fucking time. You know. Yeah. I, like yeah. On that point as well, you should always be open enough whereby you're confident to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if someone is like, oh, why why do you think I should only train three days a week? You're like, just fucking three, three days a week. Put away three minutes and be like, I think you should train three days a week because when you train five days a week, you're a shit. When you train four days a week, you're less shit. And then we're going to get you to train three days a week and let's see how that goes. Do you know what's very satisfying is when they come to that decision themselves? Oh, yeah. Like Dave. You, you facilitate them coming around to that? No, Dave came around. Like Dave trains three times a week now. Yeah. I didn't have to, we didn't have to talk about it like he just that's enough for him now because yeah. he's got other stuff that he wants to do like and he's put like he takes his training very seriously obviously like and he's put priority but it, there's a certain level of priority that he needs to give it and he can give it you know yeah and it's it's very satisfying after a while when they realise that, that 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 is what they need you know yeah and like that is that's nice to see when your athletes do do that but it takes years of abuse for that too though <laughs> 
So is it really nice? Was it worth it in the end? Probably not. Well, <laughs> they're the ones you left to answer that. How would you like becoming a good peer? Oh, uh, I have two on. very strong views on this. All right. Um, do you want to go first? Yeah. Okay, go for it. The first view I have on this yes. is that you have your own shit in order mm-hmm. and you're not fucking telling other people what to do before you are the best athlete or colleague or employee or whatever the fuck it is. You have your own shit in line, your ducks are in a row, and then you being you makes you the best or most influential peer you could possibly be. Nothing, nothing, and trust me now when I say this, Yeah. nothing annoys me more. What about this? Oh yeah, cable noise does. Yeah. Uh, nothing besides cable noise annoys me more than... Uh, like this happens if you're coaching a team and you're like inside in the change room or you're inside with a group of them and you're like okay look we need to work hard we have five sprints left let's work hard on these or we have this drill left and this and then some fucking douchebag like yeah let's fucking work hard I'm not doing the next one there because I'm a tour (laughs) Joe be a good peer by just being a fucking good person in general yeah silent but deadly yeah like a good fart then the second thing I would be is like yeah actually be firstly a good person yourself or a good athlete or whatever you're trying to achieve and then for my second point would be like just be a good like fucking support or a good friend before you're looking to be a peer in whatever the sport is so like if it's a thing of like okay you're training in the same gym and you're going out to fill up your water bottle and you think you're like I'm going to be a great peer to Garth now and you're like oh is there any chance you can fill up my water bottle you filling up their water bottle and then feeling comfortable around you and like seeing you as a buddy makes you much more influential as a peer. Did you be like, fill up your own fucking water bottle? By the way, did you try changing this with your technique? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Joe, like, yeah. your job as a peer isn't to be a coach, isn't to be a fucking Mr. Motivator, it's not to be a fucking backslapper and chalk applier, it's yeah. a peer. Yeah. So you're doing something concurrently to them your two roads are running parallel you're like train tracks uh, and you're just there basically so they can look over at you and be like geez yeah him or her they're doing their training very well I think I could implement some of these things in my training like as a, a peer it's another leading by example it's another aspect of way another way of keeping you accountable too yeah knowing that always like let's say you're the head of the pack is it's always important for head you to the be back. head of the <laughs> head of the wolf pack is staying you know on top of your shit like you're let's say you're a national champion it's your it's up to you to come in every session you know it's it, like if you are that kind of person where you're like I gotta lead by example now I've got a a, a street cred for want of a better word yeah. to uphold like come in with your gear bag you take training seriously you don't complain you get it done but also then you don't try to be too macho, you don't give unsolicited advice. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like a lot of the best athletes you see very often are very humble. And never give advice. Never give advice unless asked. Yeah. But very often I suppose then they're the ones with coaches and stuff, so they kinda they the coaches are the one giving the yeah, advice. Yeah, 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 yeah. Being a good peer is definitely just like they're basically saying is lead by example. Yeah. Just be really good. I think that's the best way to be a good peer. And then I I think a lot of people want to try and get into coaching or they're want to like maybe dip their toe in and see how it feels and they they start that by they're training alongside someone and be like oh uh, I think maybe you should try this I don't think that's the best way to start coaching because your peers and the people you train with are like 
that's an incredibly valuable connection and incredibly like important thing for both you as an athlete and for them as an athlete i think if you're okay so say you're training in a crossfit gym now and there's a few of your weightlifters and you want to start coaching or dipping your toes in the the coaching pond uh i think a much better way for you to start coaching would be like don't go to to the owner of the gym be like oh can i shadow this class on a thursday every week and rather than make it official like yeah and rather than you kind of like trickling little pieces and oh maybe you should try this maybe you should try this don't like leave that to their coach and then when you're there for the hour a week where you're shadowing then you can get your like little coaching fix that's what i definitely recommend did your did your phone just mow yeah i want to make a i want to try make a tiktok for the podcast see if it does anything (laughs) yeah like i think do you i don't think peers though the value of a good peer I would always prefer a great mentor than a good peers because without good mentors, like you're. Oh, I don't know. See, I don't. You'll be know. directionless, I think. Yeah, but if you say now, if you have three good enough mentors, right? So you have like, say, you have a coach who's technically very knowledgeable. You have uh, a kind of a former coach or something who's very motivational, and then you have an old athlete from the same club who you can get a lot of guidance to like how to kind of direct your your career in that sport i think three of those will add into each other extremely well right so you'll have technical aspects from one the organizational aspects from another and then the motivational aspects from one they'll all glue in together and you'll have incredibly strong mentorship from a kind of collaborative of mentors yeah i think for peers if you have fucking 15 people in a room and they're all fucking so so like none of them are great none of them are very bad I think then you're just going to be end up being middle of the pack as well I'd want a room full of 15 psychos yeah well I'd like two or three psychos like I think like <laughs> training a pod and Clarence were two different kind of psychos yeah, for me yeah, yeah. you know like they were both like both of them were training as hard as they possibly could to the detriment of their own body you know yeah and like body broke his hip Clarence broke his knees <laughs> and like I genuinely don't think I would be where I am yeah, right now, it, like making this podcast, where I'm at lifting, uh, any any that kind of in thing. Valley feared, Valley <laughs> feared, like, like just just the general direction, like is is massive influence. Yeah, but that's that's what I'm saying. Like peers can be a bit more insidious in their influence on you too. Yeah, you may be more open to their, or no, you'll be less open. You just won't know it. Like their insidious is implies that it's a negative, but I suppose more of a a subtle kind of directional change, like a subtle, little, a little. The tiller like they're kind of yeah sh- sh- guiding you in a way and they may not know it themselves like they maybe just be themselves like what, what are we on rubbing the fiddies I think um, I think that sums it up yeah um, I'd also be very open to who you, this is probably my last point of who you view as mentors and who you view as peers like I think people leave like they throw the baby out with the bathwater a lot of the time because they'll think like, oh, my fucking, my mom used to play sport, look, she used to play netball and that's nothing to do with the, look, mm-hmm. that's not fucking MMA. Joe, you know, or like, yeah, yeah. You know, my, my fucking, my older brother there, like he played hurling for years, like sure that's not fucking CrossFit, like that's completely different. Joe, have your fucking eyes open. Like Joe, if your brother came home every day and like cleaned out his gear bag and had his shit organized for yeah. the next day or like, if your mother is telling you like you need to sleep more and stop going out as much, Joe, 
or they mightn't even be telling you that, but just because you do something different, you're still doing a sport or you're still doing a skill or whatever mm-hmm. it is you're doing, uh, look for other kind of experts or other people who have achieved their goals or achieved some of their goals and try and see what you can learn from them rather than thinking like, you don't even go to the gym. Yeah. <laughs> Habits of greatness, like kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like winning is a habit, like. One thing we didn't touch on is um, go find mentors. There is just no excuse. Like, if you want it bad enough, you'll go find a good mentor and you'll facilitate. And there has never, ever, ever, ever been an easier time to find mentors than via Instagram. Like, we flew, what, eight hours to fucking Qatar for yeah. a few days um, to see him. Like, we went to Romania. Gabriel came here. We went, went to Germany. We were in Uzbekistan and met fucking... Uh, me so too yeah Joe like there's and it's so easy to interact with people as well because you have like email hit direct message like whatever Joe you can get a lot of information you can get a lot of information just through the content people put out yeah be very humble too if you're contacting a mentor and don't expect anything from them if they don't want to help you they may they may be an asshole but they just may be too busy (laughs) they may not have time to help you they may not know who you are you may feel like that you've earned the advice from those and and their time, but very likely you may have not, you know. Yeah, yeah. So just be very humble, and if you don't get a response, then don't know, maybe try again later or try a different way. But always be very, 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 very humble about it, you know. And just realize that you're very often the greatest mentors will help you for free if you need it, and be very, very thankful for that. And then don't question what they're saying to you; just take it in, process it in your own brain, like put it through your fucking yeah. processing factory, and then <laughs> a year later you'll figure out that they were right. Yeah. And then you'll be like, fuck, when they listen to them. Yeah. But that's the name of the game. Uh, if you've been enjoying this series... If you've been affected by any of the issues raised in this podcast. <laughs> uh, let us know if you've been enjoying the series. Um, it kind of happened on the fly in the first podcast, because originally we were going to do all as one. But then we realised after an hour of talking about nutrition, we realised <laughs> there was a lot more to talk about. Um, thank yeah, you for listening. It would have been an old whipper-stopper tour if we just... Yeah, it wouldn't have been as wholesome. No. Um... Yeah, so after this, who knows where we'll go. Uh, Next week will be Mindset, and Daryl will love it. Yeah. Uh, We're going to go drink some Green Monster, video some home footage, and we're going to make a how to train when coronavirus has closed your gym. Yep. Vidya. La? Vidya. 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 Huh? Huh? Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks.
Thanks for listening, guys.